What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I have a member of our mastermind who's been with us since 2016. I, I didn't realize he'd been with us that long until we recorded the show. Amazing guy, uh, was uh, wholesaling houses in San Diego, moved to Jacksonville, Florida, had some trouble kind of ramping things up there, but after about six months, got things going and uh, has a great wholesaling and now flipping business in Jacksonville. And he's sharing a lot of the things that he has going on right now, some things that he's learned and some tips for you guys. So he he had a uh, new contractor get a flip done in like three and a half weeks and on the market and sold within a couple days over asking price. Uh, has a rental property that he just put on the market and is getting $700 in cash flow. And he talks all about how he did it and some of the struggles that he's had along the way. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. My guest today is Ryan Call um, in Jacksonville, Florida. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right. I am back with another amazing show today. I can't wait to talk to my guest. He's been in our community for a really long time and uh, I've gotten to know him and spent a lot of time with him at events and just kind of uh, traveling all around the country, seeing each other. And uh, I've seen him through like the really good times, the, ch the challenging times, moving across the coast and uh, starting up a new market and everything. And I'm really excited to hear some of his stories. And he's got some really cool things going on right now. And in a market where people are like doom and gloom, and we're having problems like he's making progress and growing. And I'm really excited to kind of talk through some of these things and give you guys some actual tactics of uh, of what he's doing and, and what you can implement in your business right now, even if it's small or if it's huge. So uh, wherever you are in your journey, stick around and this is going to be awesome. So Ryan Call is my guest today. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yes, uh, so first you. time on the show, how do you feel? Are you nervous, excited, uh, unsure? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> little nervous. Okay. Getting, yeah, getting out on social media and just media in general is, is not something I've done much of. So It's cool. Nobody listens to this anyway, so don't worry about it. Just yeah. me and you talk. You know? <laughs> Nobody listens to this stuff. So. Um, Ryan, tell everybody a little bit about you. Like, who are you and uh, what's kind of like your background and kind of entry into real estate? Be interesting for them. Yeah, so um, I probably I started getting into real estate probably when I was about 24, um, back in I don't know 2004 2005. Uh, I after I graduated college, I um, I got some land with a buddy of mine up in this rural area where my father-in-law lived, and we put a manufactured house on one property. And then during that time, I was like, I'm done with engineering because I was working for the DOD and it was just not fun. And so I left that and became a project manager for a builder up in that area. And so like I started, I was like, I, I want to learn the business better. So I was building houses for a small home builder for um, about a year and a half. During that time, I built a house on the other parcel of land that I bought. And then um, while I was doing that, I found... I went to some real estate symposium thing in LA where they had like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and a hundred other gurus. And I bought into someone's course and I just started like implementing stuff. I just, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just put out signs and um, I got calls and, and I started putting some deals together. I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I was putting together subject two deals and I was like, I, I was just kind of reading a script and uh, the first deal I got was a sub two deal. 
Uh, and so, uh, but it was right around the time where the market was starting to, to shift. So I, um, I did it for a little, a, you know, maybe about a year and I had some success. Um, and, uh, and then the market started to change and I ended up like holding on to a couple properties while prices dropped significantly. And, um, so one property I ended up giving back to the previous buyer. And, and so like, I kind of like, at that point I had to get, I kind of hack into engineering because the, the money wasn't there. And, um, and so from there I like got into doing like flat fee MLS, which is totally, totally different, but I was just trying to find a way to, to earn some money and pay back, uh, my wife's uncle who I'd borrowed some money from. And it took me like a long time to get back on my feet from that. Um, but uh, back in 2016, I decided to get back into it. And that's when I reached out to one of the people I knew from the previous uh, like investment group that I had been part of. And he had sold Justin Williams a whole bunch of wholesale deals. And so I was like, okay, I, like, I, I, I found out about it because I was like, I Googled his name, my friend's name, and he had done a podcast with Justin back in the day. And, uh, and I listened to it. So I was like, Oh, okay. There's this Justin guy and he's got this group and I'm looking, looking for that. Cause it worked for me in the past, like having a, a group to, you know, and a coach to tell you like, do this, this, and this, and then it'll work. Um, and so I was looking for that again. And that's, that's kind of how I found this group. And so I've been in it. Yeah. Since 2016 working, you know, working a full-time job, but building this as I go. And so I've had some successes and some, some uh, struggles for sure during that time. I was in San Diego um, for all that time. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, I moved to Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, so I, I got my first deal here in Jacksonville about a year ago. And uh, since then I've done about uh, like probably 14 deals. Um, and I've started doing some flips so I'd mostly been doing wholesaling the last several years. And so like I've, I've started, I had done some wholesale where I buy them and just kind of clean them up, but I actually bought some properties and, and did some full flips uh, starting last year. And so we just, well, we had bought and sold two, uh, renovated and sold two. And then um, I just did another one. Um, and uh, I don't know how far I should go with this story. I guess keep going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, during that process, like I was learning a lot about like how to work with contractors and I made a lot of mistakes. Um, and uh, I knew I was doing it wrong too because I listened to all the advice from the group and they're saying, do it this way. And I was like, I don't have the experience. I can't do it. And so like I stumbled and I, you know, lost some money from a contractor who was just committing complete fraud. He wasn't actually doing like any work really, just stealing money from people. So like I got to experience that a little bit, um, which really helped me to like en encourage me to get my processes set so that, you know, um, like I'm not paying contractors, uh, you know, or at least like, like the person who's doing the majority of the work, I'm not paying them a deposit. Um, and you know, he's, it's cool. Cause like, you know, from what Tyler taught teaches, um, like we have a very detailed scope of work and basically I pay him every week and it's like, he tells me what things he got done. You know, we review what things he got done and I just pay him, you know, exactly what he got done or a percentage of what he got done. 
And so it's very clear, like he knows what like, exactly what he's going to get. I know exactly what my budget is. And as we go, as we find more things and we kind of like on the fly, adjust the budget. Um, and so we're both on the same page all the time about like what, what things are going to cost to finish the project. So that's been a game changer for me. And like now, like this guy, like he's kind of like dedicated like his resources to just doing, doing my thing. So like, I'm just keeping him busy with flips. So it's been working out really great. Awesome. Okay. So 2004 all the way to now. So you're approaching 20 years of off and on in this business. Right. And so, um, interesting. They bought a course back then, uh, saw some success, just kind of, it was interesting to hear because you just kind of like did what you were told to do. And that's where I see people see success when, when you're paying somebody to, to coach you that has done what you want to do or is doing what you want to do. And they tell you to do something and you think that you know better because you heard on a podcast that you should do something else. Like, what are you doing? Just do what you're told to do that's working and it works. And sure enough, yeah. you, you even said like, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just running around getting deals. Now, I mean, it's not always a great idea to like take over a house subject too, if you don't know what you're doing. But, um, <laughs> but if you're just like taking the next step and figuring out and you have support, there's like support of somebody who does know what they're doing behind that person who is like just figuring it out as they go. You have to jump in. So I see so many people like they want to know A to Z, but they're not just not willing to take that step from A to B, then figure out from B to C and C to D. And that I think feel like that's why that's the struggle that I had in the beginning. I'm an engineer too, so I wanted to like learn everything before I started. So um interesting to listen to that story. I actually didn't know, uh, I didn't know that story. So, um, why did you start flipping? You said you were, uh, I kind of want to go there. You were wholesaling houses this whole time, even up to probably like a year ago. Why'd you start flipping? Um, so I picked up the first one cause like it was $17,000. I was like, huh, you know, like I can just, I can just do this. Um, and there was a renter in it. And I knew if I could just buy it and get the renter out, then I could at least wholesale it that way. And um, I just decided, I, I, I was working with a buddy of mine who, who was interested in flipping. And so like we, we kind of started working together on a, on a couple projects and he was gonna kind of handle the flip side of it. Um, and I was just gonna focus on the wholesale. So that's kind of like how I, it started. It didn't end up that way exactly. Um, I was much more involved with the, the flipping portion of it, uh, which was, it's fine by me because I got to learn a lot. Um, although it did distract me from <laughs> being able to do my wholesale business as much. So like I didn't, you know, the end of last year, I didn't do as many wholesale deals as I wanted uh, or as I was expecting. But, um, but anyway, that's like, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, and it's, it's a part of the business I've never really done is like doing full flips. Um, and so like I've, I've enjoyed it and, and I've come across deals that like I couldn't wholesale for very much, but I knew if I flipped it, it was going to be a better result. Um, and so like in having not as many deals, I decided to take on, take the opportunity to make a bigger profit because I didn't have as many deals going on. So that was part of it. Well, a lot of people are like, uh, like saying you shouldn't be flipping right now because the market is kind of stalled or in transition or dropping in places. Like, are you seeing that in your area for the flips? Like, are you concerned about that? Uh, yeah, th there's been a, a slight drop in home prices in, in my area, but like I'm in one of the markets around the country that still is like over the past year has seen appreciation overall. 
So like this market's still very strong. There's a lot of people moving here. So um, like the house that we just flipped and put on the market, like I got, I got more than I expected for it. Um, like I, I put it on the market for 219 and I, I took, I accepted an offer for 220. And um, so I got, I got a little over asking and I thought that was a stretch. I didn't think I was going to get it because all the comps in the area, like the max comp was maybe like 205 that, you know, in the past, you know, six months or, you know, maybe ever actually, if I go back, that, that may have been like the highest comp for that area. So I didn't expect that I could get more. I, I did a nicer remodel than I had like initially set out to do just because I, I thought I could get the value and it, it paid off. And I was, it, it was nice. Like I, I was proud of the product that we did, you know, and I, I, I did my best to not over rehab it for the area, but, um, you know, we did a few extra things and I was planning initially and, and, you know, I got, I, I got more than what I put into it. You know, actually. Nice. So you see an opportunity here, especially like wholesalers, yeah. not necessarily moving their properties as flippers move out of the market. There's still a great opportunity to flip a house. You had a small margin in wholesales. And so I know a lot of wholesalers right now are seeing some of those margins go down on their wholesale deals because some of the flippers are moving out of the market or they want a deal, right? They want a deal so that they're, it's, a, it's more of a buyer's market moving in that direction. It was like a massive seller's market. So as a wholesaler, you could get huge wholesale fees for these houses because everybody's overpaying. Because on, on the back end of those flippers, everybody was overpaying, right? And so it's a trickle down effect. So now you're seeing an opportunity and now you gotta figure out systems and processes around how to start flipping. What about that? You've built out some processes. I know you mentioned um, taking Tyler, some of Tyler's stuff of paying weekly and building out a really detailed scope of work. How are you working with these contractors now? Is that how you're doing it? Or do you have some secrets or some tactics or tips that you can share for the people that are listening? Yeah, so um, you know, some of the challenges I had on the first three houses that we, we did was, um, uh, well, one, putting a deposit up front. Um, that was a mistake. So this is a deposit that's and, not materials based. It's a deposit, like just a percentage yeah. of the overall uh, quote. Yeah, you're right, right. And then um, the other problem, the problem I have with like this this other contractor that we were using is he was just way too slow, and he had other jobs going on, and I had no control over trying to like stack the work and get it done quickly. He would like had control over everything, and I can like nag him and push him but it just like over the three deals we've done it just it, the deals they took way too long the rehabs took way too long to do and so like i didn't want to do that again i wanted to have more control to be able to kind of stack the contractors negotiate the the prices for for some of the different trades um and so i found somebody who could who could do a, a, the majority of the work uh, on the property um and was willing to, you know, kind of put together a detailed budget ahead of time, like a line itemized budget. And, um, and then, you know, as we go through the project, we're kind of like adjusting that budget, itemized budget. <clears throat> and then I'm setting up, you know, some of the just other trades like the roofing and electrical um, and like the landscaping and stacking that in to, to work with him so we can get it done as fast as possible. Um, and I just, you know, I pay him weekly. I don't pay him anything up front. Like I set up a Home Depot account, so like I buy all the materials, and uh, I just you know every every Friday he tells me all the stuff he he got done. I I mark it off the list at what percentage of complete each line item, 
and it totals it up and he knows exactly what he's going to get. So at the beginning of the week, he can say, okay, I'm going to try to hit these line items and he knows how much he's going to get. And if he finishes it, then he gets paid. So, you know, and uh, it's worked out really good. You know, we've had to adjust some line items where like he gets into it and he's like, this is way more work than what we were anticipating. And, you know, I work with him on that, but then I also push him on other line items where, you know, like if we're pushing our budget, like, I say like, is it really gonna take this much to do that? And we kind of like can negotiate each line item individually. And then as we're going, now we're starting to establish some some kind of like standardized pricing where, you know, to put in the door is 50 bucks. And so like, I know the, how much it costs in labor to put in the door and how much the door costs. And now like, I understand that line item really well. And so I'm trying to do that with, with you know, as many of the line items as I can. So like I can really estimate projects going forward and and there's no like surprises uh, you know um with costs so it's been working out good so far he's he's finished one and then he's like halfway through another project that we're doing right Love now it. So. is he the one that did the job that you sold the house for over asking price yeah yeah he did that that's one. great so let's get a little bit more granular like you got a account at home depot that he goes and buys the materials. Do they have to call you? Um, is your card on file? How does that work? Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just set up where uh, they just send me a text. So super easy, and then they just they send me a text. I can click on the link, I review all the stuff, make sure it's right. And actually a couple of times I've reviewed it and been like, wait a second, what's that you're buying? And uh, you know, or I've caught play things where they've charged me for two items uh, when they're only buying one. Um, so. Uh, so that's, you know, I can review it and approve it. And so it's really fast. Nice. It's like, what's this Mountain Dew that's on here and all this other soda <laughs> and random stuff. So I saw that when my, con I, I set up the same system with my contractor years ago. And then, um, and then on Friday, is he showing you images? Or are you guys walking through the property, like physically yourselves, uh, FaceTiming? And then kind of, do you just write him a check or what does that look like? Because I'm sure these are the questions that people have. Yeah. Like, I want to build out this system so too. Tell me exactly how it works. Yeah, so for me, like I can't get out to the property all that that often. Um, so like he is sending me pictures. Um, like we kind of have a working relationship now, and I've seen this quality of work, so I can I, I feel like I can kind of trust him a little bit and know what to expect. Um, and uh, so, but yeah, he sends me pictures of of what he's done, so I can kind of like review it and um, and then pay him for it. And, and then I go out to the property every once in a while to ch check on everything, make sure it's all, all moving forward how we expect. Nice. Okay, you also mentioned the fact that you have some, you're doing some flips now, so you've had some, you've had to use other people's money. So what's that been like? I know a lot of people are kind of stuck thinking they need to use their own money for their deals and things like that, or they they're not gonna be able to find the money, or I'm not gonna make an offer until I have the money. What is some advice or some lessons that you learned through that and things that you can share with people? Um, yeah, so I've used a, a hard money lender for uh, a few of my deals. Um, that's worked out pretty good. Um, you know, there's there's some limitations with that, and uh, it, it requires a certain amount of money down that you know that I gotta use out of pocket. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm just like in, in trying to find ways to keep my out of pocket expense low. I um, you know I reached out to to some people in the group to see if anyone wanted to join me on a project. And, and um, you know, through the, some of the relationships that I created through the group, like I was able to, you know, someone, you know, stood up and, and took, took me up on the opportunity. 
And uh, yeah, so. So your private, your lender right now that that you're um, doing a deal with is inside the mastermind group. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I, uh, I've done, yeah. I've done, I would call my money hard money, but I've done a bunch of loans to people inside the group and it's been awesome. Like I love uh, being able to work together. I love being able to see them do really well. Um, it's really exciting. I kind of know how their business is. It's, it's a great opportunity for me. Um, now I think my rates are probably higher than most people would say like private money. Um, but I love, uh, I love doing that. That's really cool. So I think that's a huge benefit of the people I see. I see, posts all the time. Hey, I need some gap funding. I need some, uh, I need to uh, fund this project or this, my, my hard money lender fell through at the last minute who can help me out. Um, and I love seeing that. That's cool. Um, what are some lessons that you learned? Like, it, was it easier to work with them? Like, what would you recommend to people who are out there using hard money right now? Um, I mean, like it, it was awesome. So definitely a much better experience than working with, with the hard money. Um, just kind of like the ease of the whole process has been a lot easier. Um, you know, the terms that we worked out allowed me to, to not like, not have to like come to the table with money. And, you know, I brought money to, to finish the rehab, um, you know, but it's, uh, it, it allowed me to not have to bring as much money out of pocket, um, so that, you know, I can keep like kind of the wheels of my business running and not feel like squished on capital. Yeah. Some advice that I'll give to you if you're listening is uh, private money is just makes things a lot more flexible. So it's not a whole bunch of paperwork, a whole bunch of details. Um, you can get it quickly. Um, you can, you can overfund it. You could get 105, 110% of the project. Um, you can get it completely funded. You, you could balloon the payments. Um, you don't have to make monthly payments potentially. The terms and the, the interest, everything is all negotiable. Everything is. Yeah. And so a lot of times people see the cash flow problem working with hard money lenders or, or people like me, like I require monthly payments because when I go to a bank and I have this note that I have out, I got a million dollars out, you know, loaned out to a bunch of different people. I don't have any, ca if I don't have any cash flow, the bank says, well, those things are worthless. So for me, like I want, I want, mm -hmm. I went to the bank, I had like a million, million and a half out. And I was like, well, I have all these assets, all these notes and mortgages and things like that. And they're like, uh, well, yeah, but they're not like, you have no income from it. So we, we're not counting that. So that was a challenge yeah, for me. It was like a year ago. And so then I was like, okay, well I got to do monthly payments in case I ever got to go to the bank, but I don't ever really go to the bank because I'm not very bankable. So, um, so if you're out there listening, like it's all negotiable with your private money lenders. So, uh, you know, the terms and very much so the rate, the timeline, the points, interest, mm -hmm. like all that stuff, the, the monthly payments, the balloons, the, to, uh, you know, paying interest or a percentage of profit, even it's all negotiable. It's all there. So that's, what's really cool about private money is you can find something in a win-win for you and for the other party. Uh, you can do business together for a very long time. Um, so yeah. now you're doing some more of these flips. Like, and you mentioned earlier, you said you were kind of like moving away. Like you, you didn't focus on your business that much when you were doing that one flip with that partner of yours. Um, and so you didn't do as many wholesale deals. So have you like systemized your business at all or hired anybody to allow all of this to happen as you kind of change or add something on? Yeah. So that I've kind of been working for the last couple of months on trying to find a good acquisitions person. That's kind of like the role that, that I, just, I knew I needed to hire out because I, I'm the bottleneck when it comes to getting new contracts. And, um, so I've, I've had acquisitions people in the past. Um, it's probably been 
three years or more since I had my last one. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, Why? Why has it been three years since you had your last one? So like I had, I, I think my experience with having the acquisitions people, I, cause I hired two people at different time, one, one and then another one. And, um, they weren't, they weren't getting enough properties under contract. And at the time I was like, okay, I got somebody who's doing this. They're focusing on this full time. I need to fill them up with leads. So like I got somebody, I tried to train them the best I could. And I just started spending a lot of money on marketing. And so we had a lot of leads coming in and no deals were coming from it. And so like, I just like, I got to a cash flow crunch at some, at finally, probably after like a year of, of having these two guys. And I just like, I had to make some changes. Like I didn't I really have a choice, um, you know? So um, that's why I stopped I went back and I was like, okay, I just need to focus. I need to learn how to get deals in, in that market. I was in San Diego. And so like I had some challenges just getting, getting deals there. It was, it was challenging. Um, at least it was for me. And well, it's uh, I still doing deals. it's expensive, right? It's yeah. expensive and it's competitive. And so finding yeah. the niche and figuring out how to do it, I think is, is important. And so, but my, my real question is like, it stung so bad that you waited three years to do this again. Um, yeah. And, and so I'm just, I'm just wondering why, like somebody out there listening has probably done something like they touched, they touched the stove. It was hot. They burned themselves and then they waited three years to use it again. So, um, yeah. So like, I, I kept feeling like I needed to get enough traction to where I could justify having somebody in that role. I mean, like, absolutely. I, I needed one the entire time, right? I needed somebody in that role the entire time, but like, I didn't have the confidence that if I do this marketing, like we're going to get this many deals. And so like, I felt like I needed to, to make sure since this is my money that I'm putting out there that, I, that I'm going to get the deals from these. And so, um, I just needed the confidence really to do it. Um, it's, it's a little different out here in, in Jacksonville. So the competition is less and I can definitely feel that here. So, um, and, and so like, I can see the, the ability to do that. And so like, I've been kind of like putting it off for a long time, getting somebody in this role. Like, you know, I, I think probably back last July, I was like, I know I was at a place where like, yeah, okay, I need somebody. Um, and I think there's, there's some hesitation because I'd failed, you know, I failed is maybe not the right term, but it didn't work out <laughs> in the past. Um, and so I wanted to make sure I hired the right person. And um, so I, th I think I got somebody good. I, I worked with Blaze. Um, he helped review some candidates cool. for me. And um, so Blaze, Blaze is the COO of Seven Figure Flipping. He does some uh, scaling calls and hiring calls with some of our members. So that's it's something new that he's been doing. It's been, I've gotten a lot of amazing feedback from it. How, how was that? Was it good? Yeah, that was great. It was great. He helped me um, kind of review their culture index uh, of these candidates and helped give me some insight to, to them. It really was actually helpful because like understanding their culture index, because when you look at their resume and, and have a conversation with them and then you have the culture index, you can really like, you can really like see, like understand some things about this person and kind of understand how they're going to fit into this role. 
you know, if they are a good match for the role. Um, and this person wasn't like that I hired isn't a perfect like culture index fit for this job, for this position. Um, but like there were aspects like I know he's going to be able to get contracts. I guess what I don't know is how long he's going to stay with me. Um, so, so, you know, like it's, that's, I just know going into this, that there's going to be some turnover, but, um, at least I can like, I know, I know I'm going to be able to get some contracts. I'm actually like hoping, um, he actually just right now, while we're talking, sent over, filled out a contract and sent, sent one over for me to sign, um, so they try to go get it signed by. So the you're seller, on a so podcast, and somebody yeah. else out there is sending you a contract to sign. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, pretty so. good. You waited three years for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I look. I, look, I, I, I'm kind of joking with you. I'm kind of not. But everybody listening right now, we've all done something that hurt, that stung, and a lot. Some we all just waited too long to get back on the horse. We got kicked, we got bucked off and we just waited too long to get back on. So um, I, I'm just, I, I, I want to mention that because we're talking about your successes and things like this, right? And so everybody that's listening to this, there's something right now that they know that they need to do. They're just not doing. And they knew it in July. And oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but it's March. So it's almost a whole nother year since you were like, I knew that I needed that even here in Jacksonville and all these things. And we just wait and wait and wait because we think that, we think that our past dictates our future and our present. And it doesn't, it just doesn't like, you know, so much more now and it could have been them. It could have been a lot of things. The market's different. Everything's different. And so we're just a little bit scared to do it again. And it, it didn't feel good. It hurt. And we just don't want to go through it again. And frankly, we don't want to train the people. We don't want to do all these things. So we put the ad and, and anytime we get kind of like uncertain, we just stop. We go do something else and make, busy our time up and make us feel like we're making progress. But, um, I mean, I've been watching you for years and I'm always pushing you. I'm like, what are you, come on. There's so much opportunity. You're there. You're so much, you have the experience. You need to build your confidence, all this stuff. Like you are awesome. You are going to do great. Everything's going to be awesome. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And so, um, like a lot of this stuff, I think in all of us, it's in all of us, in me, it's in everybody listening. Um, and you're just the one who's on the hot seat right now. So um, Ryan mentioned culture index. I want to just kind of caveat a little bit. It's, it's like a per personality profiling tool that a lot of us use inside the group. It's a, it's a paid service. And, um, and basically what it shows you, it doesn't necessarily show you like how people are all the time, but definitely how they are under pressure. Like how you are under pressure when your back's up against the wall, this is what you're going to get. This is like the natural state of people. So people are naturally a certain way. They have a natural drive and ego. They have a natural like uh, uh, people skill, personality skill to understand, like basically have people radar. They either understand that people are upset, angry, or mad, or they're like robots, you know? Um, they have a pace and patience. Like they move really fast or they're more patient and, and dotting the I's across the T's. And then there's um, detail orientation or um, uh, delegation and things. So like how detailed are they? There's all these different things that are measured there and relationships among the different groups and uh, it's really cool tool to kind of understand who you're going to get um, naturally, natural skill. Now, people turn themselves inside out at work. That's why if you're listening to this and you hate your job, you're probably doing a job that's designed for somebody that has totally different like natural like characters, characteristics than you. Um, and you're turning yourself inside out at that job because that's what you need to do, but it's not who you naturally are and it's driving you insane. And you would rather do anything else other than go to work. And so I always try to use this tool to put the right people in the right seat 
in my, in my company so that they feel lit up. Like if you've ever been in a job where you're like, this was, this job was designed for me. This is what I'm talking about. Like the, when I'm doing the thing that I love to do, I get, I get energy. It doesn't suck my energy. And that's the difference. So really great tool. And, um, and so that's what it is when he was talking about that. Um, I was also told that you got uh, some rental property. So why would you buy rental houses? What's, what's your plan <laughs> with that? And uh, tell so, your story a little bit. So yeah, I mean, in all the years I've been doing real estate, I've never rented a property, which I guess is surprising. I just, I just always wanted the cash flow. Um, the only reason I did this one is because I, I was living in it uh, previously. We were getting a house built um, for ourselves and we moved into that house and I kept, I kept the house that we moved out of. Um, it's in a nice area. It's like less than a mile from me. Um, so you probably have great financing on it. You have great financing on it. Yeah. So I have like 2.75 on it. I'm like, I'm not going to give this up right now. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I have a home equity loan on it. So I'm, I'm using the capital from it. I have a great loan on it. Um, I'm getting like $700 a month cash flow. So it seemed like the right thing to do. And you bought that house a year and a half ago when you moved from San Diego to Jacksonville? Yeah. Did you, did yeah. you just buy it off the MLS like through a realtor? Yeah. Yeah. Did. did you get a, good, a decent deal on it or were you competing with everybody else? No, I was competing with everybody else. Yeah. I was bringing my California money out here. So yeah. I just, like, I love yeah, those there, people. This, I love that California money. <laughs> yeah. The, the interesting thing that, I'll, that I, I take away from a lot of this is what's cool about what we do. And when you get into real estate, when you start doing deals, you start building a business, you start understanding it, understanding this whole different like underground world of, off-market properties and real estate and just, and just like, what does it cost to do some work? I mean, I got, I'm, I'm building a barn right now at my farm and I was trying to do some plumbing over there. I got a bid for like $24,000 to put in two bathrooms. I need like two, three toilets, a urinal, a couple water lines and some, a sewer, a sewer line. And I was like, this is insane. It should be like six, 7,000. I think we got one, another one for like 8,500 after that. But it's like, there is a, there is a person out there that would get that $24,000 bid and be like, well, I guess that's what it costs to put the plumbing in. Like, and this person yeah. is like texting me going, Hey, I haven't heard back from you. Uh, what did you decide? Like we can start tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm sure you would start tomorrow if I wrote you a $24,000 <laughs> check. This is insanity. So like we have this like cheap code in business and life when it comes to real estate and understanding it. And it's something that we've built over time, which is really cool. And so for you, when you move out of that house, to even think like, hey, maybe I should turn this into a rental and it not be like overwhelming. Like any of my friends are like, oh, thinking about maybe renting out my house, but I'm so totally scared. I don't know what to do, how to do it. It just seems like this overwhelming task where for us, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's a widget that I can make money on mm-hmm. or not. I have a cheap loan. I can still get my financing on my other house. Let's go ahead and rent it out. Like and make $700 a month on it. I mean, it's awesome. And so- I really think that's cool for, for us and you and for you to hopefully realize that where, yeah, you bought it on the MLS, you brought the California money, you competed with everybody. But when it came time to it a year and a half later, you had a ton of options, right? You had a ton of exit strategies, a ton of different things you could have done and you decided to keep it. And I don't know, a year from now, you can make another decision, right? And so yeah. I think it's really cool, the, the opportunities that we get. So I've watched you for a long time. I've been involved in the story a bit. I've been in some of the hot seats with you. Um, just, I remember in, in Jacksonville, when you got there, 
um, you weren't seeing success. How did that feel when you moved there and you were like, you were doing deals in San Diego and now you come to a market which seems to be softer, easier, lower priced. You, you're, you felt like on top of the world there probably getting a lot of traction. You moved to Jacksonville and now you're struggling. And what was that like? Yeah, it was tough. Um, like I was getting leads and I just wasn't turning anything over for a little while. Um, and you know, it's, it's tough when you're like putting the, putting in, putting in the effort, going on appointments and not getting any deals. Um, what do you think was happening? That, that what do you think was happening? Why is that? Um, you know, I was still kind of learning the market and that's, you know, understanding where the buyers were going to be at, but like their buy price and, um, kind of like, you know, how, how well I can negotiate with the sellers, just knowing the neighborhoods. I, I was a little uneasy about that at first because I just, it was all new, a whole new area. Um, so I think that gave me some hesitation maybe with, with making some offers um, initially. Um, but right after that runway, um, uh, uh, out to, or that, that uh, mastermind group that you're referring to, um, like right after that, I went back and like within eight weeks, you know, yeah, within eight weeks, I put like eight deals under contract. Do you think that like, I was right in that meeting? Do you remember what I said to you? Do you, I, I, I only remember now that I'm talking to you and I'm kind of re like, <laughs> I, I felt like your biggest problem was you just ha had a lack of confidence. Like you were walking into the, like, even what you're just saying, like, oh, I, I didn't, didn't really know this or I didn't feel... You were walking into those appointments, I thought. Like, I just, I could hear you. I could feel it. Like, you, you weren't walking in like you had a million dollars in your pocket and like you could buy their house today. You're walking in uncertain, unsure, hoping you're going to get a deal. And I see this in all, I see this in a lot of new people. And I felt like you were like a brand new investor. You felt like you, you left all of your credibility and all your experience in San Diego. You went to a new market and you're like, I'm the new guy in town. Like, you're not the new guy. Um, you're the experienced guy that's showing up on a new playground that they should be worried about. And so I think for new people, like new investors, never done a deal, me included when I got started, I would walk in there just like uncertain. Everybody knows that you're uncertain. Everybody can feel if that's how you like, if that's how you're coming across, the seller it, it has no confidence that you're going to actually buy their house. It's like, why would they take an offer from you? I'll take a cheaper offer for somebody who's, who I know is more certain. They want certainty. When they're distressed and they have a problem, they want certainty. They want to know that when you walk out of there with that contract signed, their problem is gone. It's over. You are going to take care of it. And that's how, that's how yeah. we get equity. That's how we buy equity is we negotiate the equity into that conversation of them feeling comfortable that we have taken care of, solved their problem. And so my hope, I don't know if it's true, is that you got a kick in the butt leaving that, that event because I wasn't the only one saying it. There was like another person there too saying, yeah, that's probably right. But I just remember, I felt like it was a lack of confidence. And I bet you walked in like you had a million dollars in your pocket when you went back home. And you're like, yeah, I got this. I can do it. And the sellers can feel it. And so if you're brand new, if you're listening to this, you're brand new, you're just getting started. You've never done a deal before. I'm not saying act, you know, tell everybody that you've done a hundred deals. I'm saying act as if you've done a hundred deals. Just act confident go in there. Don't make promises you can't deliver on. Don't say, I can guarantee that I have this. Like if you're wholesaling a deal and you don't have a buyer lined up and all that stuff, don't say it's a done deal guaranteed for sure. I can get you this price, but you got to feel confident. And that goes for hiring employees. That goes for anytime you talk to your staff, your team, you're casting the vision, even though you're scared as crap, shaking in your boots, nobody else should know that that's true. 
And so um, that's my feedback to everybody that's out there. Like if you're just getting started or you're doing something new, um, act as if, act as if you've done it before, act as if you, you, you got it. They got to feel confident. You got to have confidence and walk with confidence. I've seen people building their company, hiring people just like they're, and they're not sure they're going to make it. Like they're not sure their companies, they're not, I'm like, why would anybody work for you? Why would anyone work for you if you're unsure and unconfident that your company is going to be in business six months from now? It's this exact same confident, uh, uh, concept with sellers. If sellers don't think that you're going to be around next week to buy their property, they're not going to sell it to you. So anyway, long story, but I felt, I remember that conversation like, I don't know, 14 months ago, like it was yesterday now. Um, so with all that, do you feel like that was the problem or do you think there was something else? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I, that, that helped for sure uh, to be comp- to be able to go out there and be confident and just, just go for it, you know, and, and I, I put in a, a ton of action and, um, thing, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like you get in the right mindset and things just start coming together. That's right. And yep. That's cool stuff. So, uh, a new system for working with contractors or flipping houses. Now, um, you used a private money lender, finished a rehab in three and a half weeks and sold it in four days for above asking price. You have, uh, hired an acquisitions manager who sent you a deal while we were on this podcast to sign and rented out your first property, making $700 a month in cash flow. Pretty good stuff going on with you right now. How do you feel? Great. Yeah. Like I, I feel very like uh, motivated for this year and optimistic for, for what I'm going to be able to accomplish. It's like, you know, with the, the skill of being able to flip like and, and do that confidently is, is a big boost to like, I feel like everything I'm doing and, uh, yeah, my goal for the year is, is to flip another, well, we have, we have two that are going to go on the market here soon. And then to do another 11 after that, uh, before the end of the year. And then I'm trying to do 45 wholesales this year. So I'm a little behind on the wholesales because I was really putting a lot of effort into trying to find the right person for that role. But um, I, I definitely think it's possible to, to get there. Nice. Well, if I can give you one piece of advice, and it's because I've done it and it hurt me. Um, there's something you said on the show that, um, that caught my ear. And it was, um, now I'm trying to make sure that the person that I have, the contractor that I'm working with, has regular work. And so just be careful buying houses just to get your contractor regular work. If they don't pencil, if the numbers don't work, just let them go. Okay. I bought bad deals to keep my team in business and I lost a lot of money doing it. So, um, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give you. And everybody that's listening to this is it makes no sense to keep feeding other people. Like put your oxygen mask on first, make sure your business is taken care of. Don't buy bad deals or potential bad deals or, or lean deals where you don't have a way out. Um, just to, just to keep somebody else working. Okay. Um, that's the biggest piece of advice I yeah. can give you right now, yeah, especially as you scale. Um, all right, how, what's, uh, how can people find out about you if they wanna, if they're in Jacksonville, they wanna buy some wholesale deals, uh, they got a bunch of money in a backpack that they wanna give to somebody who's flipping houses successfully, um, how can they find out more about you and reach out to you maybe? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, I mean, you can, you can hit me up by email at uh, ryan at realtyzoom.com. Uh, that's probably probably the best way to hit me up. Um, you can find me on on Facebook and DM me that way as well. Nice. Um, uh, all right, Ryan. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for spending time with us. It's really cool to hear. And just to, like, look, if you're listening still, if you're still with us, you've got somebody who's successfully working and making money right now. They're 
this is not uh, a one-off. It's happening. Like now is the time everybody's going to, the media is going to tell you not to get involved in real estate. The other, the people that are in your neighborhood, your friends, the, uh, the realtor that can't sell a house because they aren't very, very good at what they do. They're going to tell you it's, it's not great. And now's not the right time. But, um, when everybody's running away, I'd highly recommend you run in and figure out. And all you need yeah. to do, run the numbers right. There's deals out there to be had. There's going to be more up on the MLS. There's going to be more, uh, there's going to be more distress in the marketplace. And that's where we live. We live in this stress market in this underground world of house flipping and wholesaling and off market, um, buying houses at a discount. And if you want some help, we're here for you. So you can just uh, respond to the email, reach out to us. We'd love to have you at some of our free trainings, uh, some of our uh, live events uh, that you have to buy a ticket or in one of our masterminds. So uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks for uh, uh, being with us since 2016. Like that's, that's awesome. Like I, you weren't, you weren't far behind me. I was like one of the, the first people. It was like 2015 um, when I joined the group and it was like, a game changer for me. And I'm very, just very happy and proud to be a, a small part of uh, everything that you've got going on and all of our members. So and it means a lot to have. Yeah, thank you very much. I've been with it. us for so long. So, um, all right, everybody have a great day. I'll see you on the next show. Bye.